Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Patriots Report here on the Believe Network. I'm Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. This is a special late-night edition of the Patriots Report. We're breaking down the Patriots' preseason opener, a 23-21 loss to the New York Giants. What we liked, what we didn't like, and a few things that stood out. But first, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAVE50, that's bleav five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We're going to run down a few things that stood out in the Patriots preseason opener. New England loses 28, or I'm sorry, 23 21 to the New York Giants, although it is the preseason, so no one really cares about the score. Like I said, we're going to take a look at a few things that we liked, a few things that we didn't like, but first, right off the top, a few things that stood out to me. Play calling obviously is the the major topic of this team this preseason and it really alternated it looked like at least from the outside it looked like it alternated throughout the night you take everything with a big grain of salt but there was some good offensive rhythm at times from this team obviously there was no mac jones at the start they went with brian hoyer then transferred to bailey zappi uh, you saw some cases where joe judge was taking the reins you saw some cases where matt patricia was obviously calling the plays patricia was actually in there as the play caller, when Hoyer started the game under center and then when Zappi went in, they changed it to Joe Judge. So that's where we are at this point. You know, there's really no more clarity than we had at the start of training camp. So I did think it was interesting that after the game, Belichick said that the Patriots are, quote, going through a process and it was beneficial for both Judge and Patricia to handle the play calling duties. And he was asked if he's going to name one guy before the start of the season. He said, quote, don't worry about that. So... That's where we are with the Patriots and the play calling situation. One thing I did think was interesting to see David Andrews, veteran center guy who's been with a team, one of the longest, most tenured guys on the roster. He was very engaged on the sideline. Not to say he's not usually engaged on the sideline, but it was interesting to see him so vocal with his teammates, so vocal with the offensive line. And it's going to be interesting to see if those guys on offense, guys like Andrews, take more of a leadership role and are more proactive along the sidelines over the course of the season. So like I said, one thing to keep in mind, what I liked, let's start off with that. Terrence Mitchell, very competitive at one of the cornerback positions. Very, very competitive. He had four tackles, he had a forced fumble, is really active out there. He's not going to make people forget stuff, Gilmore, honestly, but he's going to be part of the conversation at the position. He's a nine-year veteran playing like it already he's one of those guys who to me feels a little bit like adrian phillips in the sense he looks like he just kind of grew up in this system the force fumble i think was a great play malcolm butler was there to scoop it up he looks like the kind of guy who is going to be part of things at the cornerback position for this team moving forward if he can stay healthy the other cornerback 
Uh, one other cornerback note here that something that stood out to me was Marcus Peters didn't play. And I thought that was interesting. And that to me suggests that the team views him as a key piece of the defensive puzzle. I, I really like Marcus Peters. I'm, I'm big, big into Marcus Peters at this stage of his career. He's a guy who can play multiple cornerback roles. Uh, although they had him in the slot, it's my understanding, over the course of the first couple of weeks of camp. I don't know if they're going to keep him there. They're going to move him outside. But this is a guy who also played on the other side of the ball in college, has extensive special teams experience. So that's all going to be part of the discussion around Marcus Peters when it comes to getting him on the field. But the fact that he was not on the field tonight, I think, was very interesting and suggests to me, again, that they already view him as an important piece of the defensive puzzle. Uh, another thing, I, I wonder if we should be talking more about J.J. Taylor as a possible replacement for James White. Look, I don't think that he's going to come in and be the second coming of, of White, and he's going to be the latest in a long line of talented third down backs, Kevin Falk, Shane Vereen, Danny Woodhead, you know, Deion Lewis, and so on and so forth. But there were certain moments on Thursday where you said, you know, I, I can see it with him. I, I think that there's still things that he needs to nail down including the fact that I don't know if they're all that comfortable with him yet in blitz pickup, but he's going to be part of the discussion, you know, just like Marcus Peters and Terrence Mitchell at cornerback, you know, you're going to see people talk about JJ Taylor at the very least because of his, his, you know, his body type. I, I also think that he flashed positively in the run game, uh, the return game. I'm sorry. He had 16 rushing yards, 11 yards receiving numbers. Aren't going to blow anyone away, but if you can do that and you can return kicks, you're going to have a spot in this roster. And so I wonder if he is going to be the kind of guy we should think about more going forward, eventually taking over the James White role. And we're going to talk more about James White later in the week when LG is, is on with me a little bit later on. So uh, I, I did think it was interesting that an awful lot of the post-game discussion centered around James White and his impact on this roster, on this team over the course of the last almost decade or so. Look, I'm a James White apologist. I'll just give you a preview on that. And LG already has some James White stories he's going to deliver, but it's going to be awful tough to try and replace a guy like that on the roster moving forward. Uh, like I said, Taylor and Miles Bryant flashed very positively in the return game. And, and there's going to be a lot of discussion now. Did Taylor do enough to get more reps as a returner? Did Miles Bryant do enough to get more reps as a returner? They have some really intriguing guys on that roster who I think could be real special teams contributors. But uh, on Thursday night against the Giants, both J.J. Taylor and Miles Bryant made their case to get reps as return men. Uh, the other guy who really stood out to me in relatively limited activity was, was Taekwon Thornton, uh, kind of fighting through, and I'll put up my quote fingers here when I say fighting through the coverage to make that TD catch it. He, he wasn't, you know, battling for a 50, 50 ball, but at this stage of his career, you take that as a very good sign that he was able to come away with that ball. He looked like he had a, a relatively good connection with Hoyer. Um, so it, it's all positive with him. You know, you're looking for him to start stacking success. And I think he showed a level of success in that first preseason game that should give you some cause for optimism. You know, Brian Hoyer is Brian Hoyer. He's ultra dependable and he's going to be that guy. You know, he could be the backup quarterback for this team for another five, 10 years, not 10 years, but you know, another couple of years anyway, if he continues to play like that, he was off on a couple of throws in the early going, but look, that's just kind of who he is at this stage of his career. He's not going to be a pro bowler, but if you're looking for a talented backup, you know, you could do a lot worse than a guy like Hoyer. The, the guy who stood out for me at the quarterback position tonight 
was Bailey Zappi. There was lots of good from him in the third. Got the fourth quarter started with a pick, and it looked like he was going to kind of revert to what we saw in the, the second quarter. He was just three for nine for 16 yards in the first half. Not great numbers, but he really bounced back well in that third quarter. He had a nice rebound. He had a good connection with Christian Wilkerson. He had a couple of good passes to, uh, to Trey Nixon. He slowed things down a bit because it looked honestly like he had some early butterflies. And so I don't know whether it was the defense he was facing. I don't know whether it was him. I don't know whether it was coaching staff. I don't know whether it was play called, whatever the case may be. He looked like he started to kind of slow things down a little bit and let the game come to him. And the numbers reflected that he had a really strong finish. He went 19 for 32 for 205 yards with a touchdown and an interception again, after going three for nine for 16 yards in the first half. Look, you take it all with a grain of salt because you understand that he was playing against twos and threes in the middle of August. But at the same time, there's something to build on there with Bailey Zappi. It's a little bit like Taekwon Thornton, where you just wanted them to get their feet wet. You wanted them to get a little taste of NFL life and not appear to be overwhelmed. There were times in the early going where Zappi appeared to be overwhelmed, but I think he was able to rebound very, very nicely and put up some good numbers down the stretch. It was, like I said, there was a good bounce back from Trey Nixon. He had a first quarter drop and a third down pass play that I thought he absolutely had to have, especially for a guy who's on the bubble like that. But he had four catches for 81 yards, a mostly solid performance. I think he had eight targets. Yeah, eight targets. Mostly solid performance from the youngster. Nixon, Wilkerson, and Thornton played, I think, as well as could be expected at this stage of their respective careers. Look, the other thing, too, about Christian Wilkerson, I'm all for him breaking the curse of number 17. And we've talked about that before, and I think we're going to talk about that a little bit more with him moving forward. But again, Nixon, Wilkerson, Thornton, those guys played well, and there's going to be some competition in the middle part and the back end of that depth chart. We know there's some guys out there like Devontae, you know, Devontae Parker who are just locked in, who are going to be playing for this team, who are going to be wide receivers for this team, Jacoby Myers. You can go up and down the roster. They're, they might end up making some trades, but those guys... Trey Nixon, Wilkerson, Thornton, and Nixon especially, you know, with the bounce back, showing a little special teams flavor in there as well. I think there could be some good competition on that wide receiver depth chart. It's going to be fun to watch moving forward. What I didn't like tonight, 12 penalties for 89 yards, and a lot of them were bad penalties. Look, I know it's the preseason. I know it's the preseason opener. And so you kind of anticipate a lot of flags because, honestly, it's a feeling out process. For some of those younger players and just, you know, the way the rules have changed over the course of the offseason, the points of emphasis and all that. But that's really, for me, the sort of stuff that needs to get cleaned up sooner rather than later. And it's going to be interesting to see if those numbers come down over the course of the preseason. We saw a few injuries. Guys get banged up, visiting the medical tent. Bill Murray, Yadni Kajust, Justin Haran, and Juwan Williams all got banged up over the course of the game, although they looked to be relatively okay once they uh, you know once they uh, got to the sidelines it's going to be interesting to see those guys those four guys in particular are going to be worth keeping an eye on moving forward all right that's going to do it for us tonight here on the special late night edition of the patriots report my name is christopher price hope all is well and i look forward to talking to you guys again very very soon take care
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.